1: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
0: Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Big talk,
1: big opinions. The panel. Right, uh, panel this morning consists of uh, Jamie Wall and Sam Ackerman. And uh, Sam Ackerman, uh, of course, the, the NRL concluded last night, late last night. Uh, Penrith uh, absolutely way too good for the Eels to go back to back. The 36-year drought for Parramatta continues. Sam, uh, what did you make of that dominant performance?
0: Yeah, there's no other word for it but dominant. Uh, Smithy, good morning to you and then to Jamie. It's a uh, it's a performance that underlines exactly what this team is. And it's ruthlessly consistent. To be able to, if if you said five years ago that you would compare the Penrith team to the most dominant um, of the Storm teams, uh, or even up, you know, the Broncos in their in their heyday, people said, "Oh, look, they've been good, but not that good." This team's got the potential to go better and further. It's terrifying for those who don't kind of follow the uh, the tabs of it. They they won virtually every competition they were in throughout the grade. So they won four uh, four of the grades all the way down to. Um, to SG Ball, it's terrifying uh, to think that they've got these champions being bred right through, ready to go uh, and 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 bust out on this team. They lost four games all year, uh, and the only team that's had their number was the Eels. And we saw what they did to them in the grand final. parra didn't offer a shot. It was um, maybe one of the least interesting grand finals of the modern era. I think you go back to 2000s was a um, was a bludger as well with the. Uh, the Broncos winning that one, but it, it it was a sheer sheer example of what a team with the right edge you could do. You saw them score their tries. Yep, they're a little bit elated, but they were pretty much jogging back to halfway for the next crack. This is a team that was polished in that in that era and in, in this level of uh, environment with the um, grand final. They're unfazed by the atmosphere. It was it's remarkable uh, and it's terrifying to think. What they can do from here. Uh, what we can take out of it, though. If you're a Warriors fan searching for some kind of positive, eighteen nil, twenty-eight nil before uh, there was the, the last couple of tries. Given when you know you're thinking about lifting a Premiership trophy, that defence that has won them two straight premierships. Uh, the man who's behind that defence is now going to be in charge of the Warriors. Andrew Webster. Brings that experience of uh, knowing how to dominate a team with the defence. If the Warriors can be a quarter as good as that, uh, they're going to be in the playoff for picture quite regularly. So that's promising. But what a performance!
1: That is a hell of a good point you raised, Actually, I've clean forgot all about that in the uh, clinical side of things of, of what I watched last night, Jamie. I'm not sure whether you took it in or not, um, but um, uh, it was in, in terms of a, a spectacle, in terms of a contest very one-sided, but in terms of the clinical nature of the way that league should be played, it was a lesson I would have thought.
2: Yeah, morning, Smithy. Morning, Sam. Uh, yeah, I certainly did uh, stay up and watch it, and I have to say I, I agree with Sam. It, it's terrifying. Uh, what the Panthers have done. Like you said, they didn't just win the grand final. They won the SG Ball and the Jersey Flag and the New South Wales Cup as well. In fact, the only thing they didn't win was the uh, NRL Women's uh, Commonness because they don't have a team in it. Uh, And if they did, they'd probably win that too. Um, The the other thing um, that Sam also brought up, you know, obviously one of the one of the reasons why the Panthers sort of got under everyone's skin is because of the way that they go about um, their games. They celebrate wildly after each try and everything, and, and that's what got me about last night, is that they were scoring tries in a grand final, and just acting like, oh yeah, it's just another day on the job. Uh, and and to me, that just is like, well, we're here. We're in here for the long long haul. This is a dynasty. We've just created one. We're gonna we're gonna keep going um, next year. Uh, and I saw I read something um, this morning just saying like oh you know the team's sort of breaking up uh, a little bit they're losing uh, Bill Kikau and um, and uh, Cameron Sirota and then and obviously Andrew Webster but I, I really think that the, the, they're still in a position now to be attracting uh, you know talent that will will more than more than make up for for what they're losing because it's like who wouldn't want to go and be a part of that setup right now uh, both as a coach and a player so. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's a real uh, dynasty building moment um, for for this team, and uh, and well done to them. And let's just not forget that uh, the guy who's in charge of that um, and his son, who's in charge of things on the field, uh, both of the Warriors. I mean, the middle one was one was a ball boy, but you know that's uh, that's 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 the uh, the hard thing to to to, to think about when you when you're a Warriors fan.
1: Uh, Jamie, um, at the weekend uh, Roger Tuavasa-Shek played on the wing for Auckland, which was one of the positions when he first crossed over um, people said, let's start him out on the wing, and uh, the All Blacks have said no, 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 he's got to be uh, in the midfield but Auckland found space for him on the wing, um, and he's also shot down any um, idea of a move to the Roosters
2: yeah, I don't know if I believe any of the talk around um, either of those things uh, happening. Actually, that um, uh, it was a real last-minute switch by by Auckland to put him out on the wing, um, and on, and what was not a great day for wingers. It was absolutely hosing down uh, all of Saturday, which is why there was about twenty-five people uh, at that game, um, which is another thing we can talk about a little bit later. But uh, the the uh, the game did actually end up being a little bit better than what I thought it would would be. Um, Auckland did mount a pretty good comeback there. But yeah, seeing him out on the wing there was like just another example of kind of, I feel like this whole thing has been mismanaged uh, quite a bit. Like by now he should be solidly in a position getting getting minutes on the park all the time. Um, And I think that what we're going to see is, you know, another kind of, Shoehorning of him into the All Blacks setup uh, on this on this tour, I, th- I feel like there's probably going to be a place for him in that test against Japan. Whether he then switches over to that All Blacks 15, so he can get some more game time, uh, I don't know. Um, and then he's made a statement saying that you know that he's not going to go back to the Roosters. Well, he didn't say he, he wasn't going to go back to the NRL uh, at any stage. Like, I could totally see that happening because you know, like it's a sports it's a sports contract situation. He's going to know by sort of. February next year whether he's in the All Blacks plans for the World Cup and if he's not well what's the point in, in sticking around so yeah I'll, I'll, all of that kind of remains to be seen but we're going to know pretty soon what what his future holds or what, what the future holds for Roger, Roger Tullivacic
1: uh, We'll take a quick news break uh, when I come back Sam I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, what you've heard about uh, a possible move uh, whether, was it all just uh, a beat up but um, it looks like he's destined to at least uh, stay in uh, rugby union for the first half of next season. Anyway, 10:31 here. We'll hear from Araha and we'll be back with the boys shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, Jamie Wall, Sam Ackerman with us this morning and uh, Sam, I, I just wonder um, if uh, w- there was any real teeth to uh, the RTS story going to the Roosters um, and, and what do you feel about that?
0: Well, first of all, um, you got to understand that Roger Tuivasa-Shek isn't, I've been lucky enough to spend a fair bit of time around the guy and talk to him a lot and uh, understand how he operates with the Kiwis and at and the Warriors. He is not the kind of guy who's afraid of a challenge. I mean, if he was, he would never have been a Warrior, would he? I mean, he 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 had life pretty sweet at the Roosters, didn't need to go anywhere. He chose to come home, and obviously family, and I'm sure a little bit of money played a, a part of that. But he didn't need to come here. He didn't just come here. He came here and got um, improved and was crowned the best player in the entire NRL while playing for the Warriors. Let that sink in the best player of the whole NRL are playing for the Warriors. So he's not, he won't be uh, flipping out or uh, trying to um, pull himself out of a contract. He knows it's, he, he knows it's a challenge to make the All Blacks. So he didn't think it was going to be a cakewalk. I don't think that, he, that you could say anything he's done has been um, unsuccessful or a failure so far. He, I think Jamie hit it on the head. He's not really being uh, managed wonderfully as far as putting him in the right position with the right minutes and giving him game time. But he is playing right now his first MPC campaign. Last one got uh, COVID out for him. But he has not had much time in rugby. He's already in the all-back setup, Limited game time. Who knows how well he, he fits in that environment. There have been missed opportunities, and I'm guessing there will continue to be missed opportunities. But I think that his skill and talent can keep him uh, in that World Cup squad. And we've seen him plenty of occasions that making a World Cup squad, you might be one of those guys who might play a couple of games, and of course he'd want to be pulling himself a position to play in the, in the finals, but I'm sure he's also seeing himself uh, the goal of, of being there. One injury one uh, and one uh, one moment in a game can create something for someone like Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, and he's got that world experience to go on. I'm confident he can do it. As for going to the Roosters, that'll always be an option, because Nick Politis will be in touch with uh, management all the time, checking out, seeing how he's going. I also did hear a bit of a rumour, though, when he was uh, you know, released you know, and sent off into the world, that the Warriors may or may not be given first rate right of refusal. So I, I expect him to come back um, to Rugby League unless he really kicks on and starts dominating rugby next year. Can't can't see him being given that opportunity. But I, I think I expect him to be um, seeing through his contract. And Jamie's right. If he's not going to make the World Cup, then I think he would think, OK, well, you know, that's why I came here and I didn't achieve that goal. Well, I'll go back. But I don't know, man. I, I don't expect him to pull sticks as early as February.
1: Okay, that's uh, good news from uh, RTS rugby fans Uh, uh, Sam, uh, the Kiwis confirmed this morning um, Looks very, very strong squad Just uh, one warrior in the group In terms of Dallin watene zelezniak But apart from that uh, Are you confident now? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't mean this to sound as clever as this, but having one warrior in the team actually helps my confidence levels uh, at the moment. But there are there are two future warriors coming, and Nick Corr is on his way as well. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those who are going to play for the Warriors uh, get a a good crack and a good run. It's a predictable team. Um, they are a uh, predictable in a great way. I mean, there no need to um, to switch things up. Of the ten players who are in that wider squad who missed out, Sean Johnson's obviously the, the highest profile. The <laughs> Uh, and I feel actually uh, Tomati Martin's utility value might be something that they could use um, in that run uh, and a uh, young forward like Jordan Rieke's been pointed out is you know, unlucky to miss out but honestly I think the calls all look right um, at this stage and Sebastian Chris getting a, a chance to impose himself in the um, in the outfield there would be uh, interesting given a chance but he would really need to push hard to find himself a place um, in those uh, top starting sides strong squad, really happy with, uh, with what they've uh, picked and his there's a reason why the Australians are going out of their way to call the New Zealanders favourites. And I know Kempe has been uh, the same as well because this is a strong squad and there's nothing to think that if they've played the game, they can't trouble every team in the comp.
1: Okay, let's uh, look forward to that. Campaign starts uh, actually against uh, Lebanon, uh, then Jamaica, and then Ireland, so you wouldn't think the they'd the way have way too way. many problems all, of, all the uh, to start with, uh, yeah. Yeah, we we got all the big boys, uh, Sam. So uh, the only thing you're trying to avoid there is injury, I would imagine, to some key players. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that squad is managed throughout that. Right, uh, let's get to some rugby. Jamie and you touched on it. Um, crowds, uh, I watched uh, quite a lot of rugby in the weekend, and I've got to say, uh, watching back-to-back-to-back games of rugby uh, doesn't do much for me in terms of the lack of playing time at times and the penalties, et cetera, that are dished out. For every little thing, with three three people officiating the game, basically, and then a TMO as well. Uh, so, what do we come up with uh, this weekend? We've got uh, Canterbury against Northland, North Harbour hosting Auckland, Wellington, Hawks Bay, and Waikato Bay are Plenty, and all these sides have played each other already.
2: Yeah, and and Waikato and Bay are Plenty played each other on the weekend, so it's just a replay of that. I can't get my head around the quarterfinal process because shouldn't they be playing across? the conferences that I've made up, they've actually finally come up with a system that people can, most people can understand. Uh, and and then it doesn't work out <laughs> the way it should uh, at the business end. But, you know, I, I guess we've got the better, better teams playing one another. Um, I think it's, it's looking like a Canterbury-Wellington final, uh, which Wellington, of course, will lose because that's just what they do. Um, they've been <laughs> in eight finals since they won it in 2000 and lost every single one of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just me talking as a, as a Wellington fan. You know, I, I never want to get my, my hopes up about anything involving that team. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you talk about crowds and, and you talk about the product itself, and I have to agree, it's it's just it's not a great product at the moment. The, the one thing you, you used to be at least to be able to count on with the NPC is that it was a, a, a more free-flying uh, game because the defenses were were a little bit more shaky than say Super Rugby or Test Rugby, and, and so you'd see quite a lot of decent tries. Like we have seen some some good rugby play in the NPC, but just there's just not enough of it um, at the moment. It's just it's a hard it's a hard watch because you know you're seeing a lot of players that you're not familiar with. Um, the crowds have been awful, um, and it's just it looks really bad on TV. And especially when you compare it to and I know it's Australia, and I know that they have the infrastructure, and I know they obviously have the population, but you look at the last two big sporting events in Australia, you look at the AFL Grand Final and the NRL Grand Final, and they're two dud matches, really. Like, well done to the Panthers and well done to Geelong um, for getting out there and winning the games. But they were basically over, both over after 15 minutes. But what you saw was these gigantic crowds that were in there for a massive match day experience, and that it's something that has been completely uh, forgotten about, or, or or just ignored by the people that run rugby in this in this in this part of the, part of the world, is that no thought's been put into the experience you have on a match day, and I think that that's a massive uh, blight on 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 the game itself, uh, and that all of this. Uh, attention's been focused on the All Blacks and just what they, their whole setup, and nothing else at all. And it's and it's really coming back to bite rugby uh, in the ass because the only sold out Super Rugby game we had all year was the final, um, and it was because it was in Auckland. And I just I just worry, you know, that we're going to be having basically televised club rugby sized uh, crowds uh, going forward. It just—it's—it's it's really sad to see.
1: It's—it's going to be—I'll uh, tell you what—it continues in the same vein. It's going to be like looking at Heartland Rugby um, with the same crowds, and perhaps well, that's probably, where they need to it go. To. Was, it
2: was—it was in kaikoe on on Saturday. I mean, you—they you, were playing uh, at a club ground with with goalposts that weren't even that were like soccer goalposts as well. Like, how can you possibly hold a first-class domestic match? with not even proper posts. So you, you can imagine what the changing rooms would have looked like and all the other facilities. It's disgraceful. And it just shows just how the, the lack of attention and care that's been given to this. You know, we've had uh, issues with the TMO all season because um, they haven't they haven't bothered to pay enough for extra cameramen to be uh, in, uh, on deck for that. And so, therefore, it's completely disrupted the integrity of the entire competition from an officiating point of view. So it just... I mean, that sort of stuff pisses me off and because it's like, you know, New Zealand could rightfully say we had the best domestic competition in the world uh, going around and we, we really can't say that anymore. Really can't.
1: No, we can't. Um, we, we certainly can't. I'm lucky enough to remember when we did. Um, but the modern generation will never know it. It'll just be uh, consigned to the history books, I feel, anyway. Um, Sam, uh, great news for Ryan Fox uh, overnight. Uh, Winning a tournament, he's always been pretty handy at actually The Alfred Dunhall Lynx Championship Played with Shane Warne last year as his amateur partner Dedicated uh, a bit of this to Shane Warne as well So uh, Ryan Fox, the genuine item now is uh, high as I think about number 26 in the world
0: and look, after, it might be just like six months away of all the lived affections from being two or three at the moment. Um, the the way that he plays <laughs> is uh, is joyous to watch. If you like golf, there's no way you can't enjoy watching um, Ryan Fox play. He, he, he's not a guy who's uh, who's going to settle for the, uh, the the easy option. He he attacks it. He's got uh, you know, he's, he's some subtlety to his play, but he just loves to go at it, and he is a joy. To watch and you're very proud to see him uh, fly that New Zealand flag which he flies so proudly as well it's not something that you know a lot of golfers kind of fly their flag as part of what they're doing to make their crust whereas he is very very much uh, there representing New Zealand while making a living and that's its choice so I love seeing him go Uh, he has worked his backside off for this Uh, you might think being the son of an all black legend would put you in quite a um, uh, a privileged position. I'm sure it has in different points of his, to- of his career. But when he gets to when he's got onto the pro circuit and got himself to where he is, he's dragged himself up by the uh, by the bootstraps. And he could have stayed in the lower um, echelon, thinking, "Right, oh, I can make a." A halfway decent living, but performance like this just show that he backs himself, and he won't. He won't uh, if it doesn't come off. He goes, oh well, at least I gave it a crack. It came off. He's made himself a a, a wonderful whack of cash. Uh, just so just thrilled for him, and to see uh, to see him so you know beaming like that. and I know the Shane Warne side of things has brought a little bit of touch of sadness with it, but he um, yeah, just he is a bloke who you just want to see succeed. And there's some. Uh, is, we, we live in the tall poppy syndrome and world where online people love to pull someone down. I've never, ever seen someone say negative comment or what a wanker or a, this and that about uh, Ryan Fox ever. And that's uh, as big a compliment you can give an athlete these days.
1: Absolutely right. Uh, Sam Ackerman, Jamie Wall, thanks so much for your contributions this morning. Some strong opinion there on the panel. We shall have uh, another one at the same time tomorrow morning. It's 10.45 here on ECNZ. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. ba ba
0: Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.